0: Gentlemen, thank you for tuning into another edition of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm your lovable host, Mark Palmer, investigator of all things weird, researcher of all things occult, journeyer into the mystic realms of the everyday and the other world. Either way, we're here today with Randy. I call him Randy the Tartarian because he's got a whole nother style. He's into tartaria he's into researching what there really is to be seen when you take a look at some of these town hall buildings and churches and structures that seem to have layers going underground or maybe we're in places that have been dug up it's fascinating stuff and i was happy to have him on for his first podcast ever so we kind of went all over the place as he was definitely excited Uh, He told me he listens to the show, so it's cool. It's cool to have someone who's listened to something from my heart and soul, my mind. And I want to remind everybody that this is my purpose that I sought out when I was younger. I was venturing into psychedelics, smoking weed every day, reading these books. I told myself, you know, I was going to find my higher purpose and align myself with that. I created that intention To help others, to help the little ones, the children and the animals and all the small creatures of the earth that create life that we all are so grateful for. I know I am. So just a reminder, folks, set your intentions high. This is a love cast. It's all love and show Randy some love and kindness because like I said, this was his first time ever on a podcast and I think he was... Very, very well researched. He had some really interesting pictures to show us. So please, if you got the love bug like I do, go over to patreon.com slash MFTIC and show us some love. We'd love to see you there. Join the family. And you know that's where the scene is at. Synchro exploration of the ever expanding now. And on our latest journey, we went to Makamudas State Park. And you can hear all the information about that on our Patreon. We heard some really interesting Moodus noises. Definitely Google search that. M-O-O-D-U-S noises. Either way, enjoy this conversation with Randy the Tartarian. And please, we'll see you over on the other side. Patreon.com slash MFTIC or buy me a coffee slash MFTIC. Soon there'll be audio there. And also, we're on Rockfin, rockfin.com. My family thinks I'm crazy. You can search us there. Check us out on Twitter, Twitter at MFTIC podcast. Or you can go over to Instagram at My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. It
1: kind of makes you wonder Peace. what's really going on. We are sitting on a giant microchip that was built to render the reality around us. So, essentially, you can call it a simulation, you can call it. An experience. I'm glad that our families think we're crazy. A lot of these places have negative energy. They have vibes. There are voices that will reach out to you. There are things that will connect with you in these places around these energies because it's so profound. Something so drastic and dramatic happened that, I mean, if you've ever gone and walked down railroad tracks in the middle of America, it is not a fun feeling. You know, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, not on the tracks, of course, but like right next to them. Something about railroad tracks.
2: you nurse you know
0: know, I I understand that thank you (laughs) yeah no problem no problem I wanted to get going here because I know my man Randy once you get started it's hard to stop you and I'm excited that we can get this all on record because this is uh, a first for you is this the first time you've been on a podcast well yeah yeah as a matter of fact it is I mean it's always something I've aspired
1: to do I'm a very outgoing person you know and man it's just rough out there in the world he try to be kind and decent to people and outgoing and man talk about getting shut down by the zombies out there. It's just, it's different, you know, it's not what I thought it was going to be when I was 10 years old or even 20 for that matter. So, and, you know, I run this stuff by my mom and stuff. She just rolls her eyes and says, you know, what are you smoking this time? (laughs) It's pretty much the consensus, you know, amongst a vast majority of people, especially here in Iowa. I mean, very, very conservative. Very just agriculture driven, very kind of mellow lifestyle. Everybody's got their own specific thing going on. And uh, I mean, my specific thing is just outlandish. You know, I was telemarketing back in 2011. I started looking into chemtrails and all the Morgellons and all the crazy stuff going on. With a father that was in the aerospace industry, you know, I understood what the technology could do. Being the different air shows and different types of technology venues and showings. Seeing things like the not the hydrogel, uh, you know, that the bishop talks about in the vaccines, but aerogel. Mm. It's, uh, it's the most heat resistant, least dense. It's insane. It's basically nanotubes, but apparently it's something that we didn't make, something I was told. So go off of that. I would rather go on word of mouth or kind of intuition than what we are told you know, in mainstream media or even in our history books, you know, you can go to Library Congress online, dig through stuff for hours and hours and come up with very little actual information. It's just fluff words that sound big and bad and make it feel like you're getting some information and really all they're telling you is the bare minimum. Like it's just an outline sketch of the picture. Right. And so running into this time and time again, you know, it gets frustrating. It gets unnerving. It kind of makes you wonder what's really going on. And You know, I had the opportunity to listen to, oh man, I think it was like revolution radio or something, you know, surfing through some things and come across a a lady by the name of Shell. I don't have her last name offhand and I don't want to butcher anything. So we'll just go with that. And she had a really interesting take on things and it was really thorough. We're talking how everything fits together. Long story short, the way I kind of put it into words is... We are sitting on a giant microchip that was built to render the reality around us. So, essentially, I mean, you can call it a simulation. You can call it an experience. You can call it an endeavor. Whatever you'd like, really. But I choose to call it mine. You know, and anybody that wants to take that away from me needs to just kind of lay by the wayside. And it's very difficult when you start developing attachments to people who. You know, in the deep, deep part of them, they're really decent people, really kind hard and all that, but they're just stuck in the loop <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're rolling along in this black mirror world we live in, watching the news as, you know, the Cuban dictator up North ships to all the Afghans and it's just wild, man. It's like, you know, like Sam Tripley kind of states it's every, I don't know, he says every movie, I say every B movie. Put together, <laughs> lived out all at once. So right. uh, it's, it's a wild world we live in. Let me see if I can't
0: get the information up that we were talking about, about here. Yeah, we oh, want to get into Tartaria. I know, dude. You know, we're getting right after the races here uh, on, on some more right futuristic stuff. But I got yeah, this
1: right here, bro. I've been looking through every man, every freaking town hall, every. Oh, geez, it's ridiculous, man. Uh, this is this is Los Angeles here in 1969 or 1869. Let's see if I can't pull this up and uh, get it rolling along here. Bear with me. I'm not necessarily new. I'm just uh, rolling a laptop that's got a bunch of junk apps on it. So bars. <laughs> All right, there we go. So let's get this pulled up here. All right, let's share this right here. All right. Okay, so this is what they're telling you is Los Angeles, right? 1869. You know, looks pretty shanty town to me if you, you know, if you want to put it like that. So let's, let's see if we can't get
2: in on it. Zoom in a little bit here. Now, the first thing you're going to notice is the style of the stone architecture here. What one might call Moorish
1: or possibly late Greco-Roman early industrial age, right? And this is 1869 prior to the massive influx of people, you know, coming from San Francisco after the fire, quote unquote. And oh man, that, that Frisco fire, I've got quite the little snip of pictures that if you come closely, it's just hilarious what they try to pass as reality in these films. I mean, you could tell just by the way, the fire acts, the way the fire looks, it's not a firestorm in a city. It's, A model set set on fire. And and the audacity is just mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. So we'll go ahead and uh, take a look at a couple other things here. Let's see if I can't
2: go ahead and kind of drag us over. And you'll notice the angle at which the dirt sits here. Okay.
1: And this is just kind of a familiar scene, just about everywhere that you look, every major city, even minor cities, little minor capitals, Des Moines, Iowa, for example, that Capitol building is. Just beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. And you'll see that they're buried. They're halfway buried, especially this one here, right here. Now you go up the hill, you can see they dug everything out, (laughs) made a little trail there. So we're dealing with something that is just basically hidden history. So esoteric, you know, the same kind of thing we've all talked about, looked into, tried to figure out and ultimately the part that's kind of crucial and it's kind of frustrating is we are not allowed to know exactly what happened. And so this is Marshalltown, Iowa, a small town that now hosts a meat plant and a power plant. And that's more or less it an air conditioning company. So you're going to notice again and again, the same style of architecture here on every main street, just about in America. You see the spires there. Reminiscent of oh, I don't know just about every civilization that you see that has built star forts, they would call them cathedrals, okay there's a a gentleman I'm trying to draw his name off the top of my head. he's an alchemist, and he's into hidden history, and he's looking into these cathedrals, noticing that the statues themselves are telling stories.
2: So if you go down into this is a good one right here. This is what they would call a panoramic
1: view, right? Why they're whitewashed, we can pretty much assume we're just not supposed to see what this is out here. (laughs) And I'll tell you right now, it's not the ocean. Uh, This is Los Angeles, if I'm not mistaken. Let's zoom in and take a look so I don't look silly.
2: Saying that it is when it isn't. And of course, sorry, the let's see, Jacksonville, Florida, my bad
1: but the architecture is the same everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. West Virginia, Oregon, Idaho. I mean, you name it, it's exactly the same. And right around the same time period, 1850, we had the gold rush in 1849. Supposedly the railroads were built to facilitate the gold rush and, you know, the transit West after quote unquote the war of 1812 and the, was it Indian American war? The French Indian war? Everybody was supposedly fighting, okay? And if you look back far enough, or you talk to enough elders, or you have enough discussions with enough people that have really sat down and analyzed the literature that is available, things like, let's see if I can't get to it for you. Uh, It'll just take one moment. But as I'm doing that, let me go ahead and pull up here,
2: just so that we're not kind of lagging time. Let's go bigger. Don't worry about that. I mean, there's so much to look at in these. Here, here's the. You look, here's, here. you look, here's the page the, the
1: splash page, right? Right. So you just come into it and you're like, okay, I'm gonna look and see what's going on. History of American buildings. These are just sketches, man. All every last one. There's not a single blueprint. There may be one out of like the fifty or sixty I've looked through. And I mean, we're talking absolutely everywhere. You'll just see sketches. You'll see pictures. A lot of pictures a lot of different types of things but you'll see some similarities uh, and it's just absolutely mind-blowing the fact that they've demolished some of these and said they were older than others i mean man that a uh, mud flood fossil guy or that mud fossil guy first glance man i really didn't start painting any mind until i started to look at the architecture of these buildings okay you've got these little onion domes and or, you know nice nice brickwork and Generally speaking, there's a floor that's kind of half submerged and you'll see that a lot. And it's not just in Russia, you know, it's not just the the Cathars or, you know what I mean? The, the what are now Chinese, Mongolian, Russian, Chechen, so on, so forth. It's not just, it, absolutely, Manchurian, uh, Mongolian,
2: uh, you know, you name it, the, the steps of Mongolia, man. These people didn't run around wearing leather and pitching tents and, and grow their family
1: tree to such an extent. Let's see if I can't pull it off my phone, but here's a, here's a really good one. This one's in Alaska. Okay. What is that doing in Alaska? St. George, dude, this is a Russian onion style building. And these are, you'll see the plank work over the brick and that's, that happens a lot. They just refinish them let's make them look like uh everything else on the block aside from the actual mechanism here which is exactly what this is this is not a fancy hat okay you'll see buildings with similar situations going on up here I'm Everyone... whittling up the the building i don't see the, the oh, no, slide. Inadvertently. just a second let's let's resume my bad sorry about that oh, i didn't realize i had paused there i must have slipped up Okay, so here's one that's going to be Chicago in 1915. And you'll notice this 1915 picture, there's nothing that's demolished. Nothing looks like it's ever been burned down. Nothing relatively leaning or smoking or crumbling. And this is supposedly what, six years after the big fire. And uh, I think about 25 years after the great conflagration. Okay. Is what they called it. And it was just a massive devastation. All of these situations, all of these turning points in history are purpose-built to drive a certain emotional, a certain logical, a certain spiritual response, not just from one person, not just from one group, but from absolutely everybody. Everybody who's ever been born since probably about 1850 has been fed the word of law, which is essentially Roman or you can call it you know, I know Sam gets into it. He's like Jesuit This just with, dude. they Jesuits are just pawns, man. They're just people wearing. There's the men in black, all right. <laughs> there's men in white, if not many, that are sitting somewhere and just cracking up, laughing at the fact that we're all buying the CDs, we're all wearing the Nikes, we're all rocking the headphones, and you know, we've got information that essentially leads us down a path where. You've got women using cell phones like 1915. There's pictures of it. You know, those old school World War I or World War II radios that you crank up just like that, but with a handheld unit talking to each other and stuff. How they do that? Well, let's see if I can find one for you real quick here. It's probably not real quick because these are really massive size files. So this is what was an airship hangar, and uh, they turned it into a giant swimming pool. Look at that, complete with slides and... You know, they even took out some of the roof to make it all nice and sunny in there, but just enough shade, just enough water. So that tells you something. It's either a submarine port, an airship port. You could have used it for multiple purposes. It's an absolutely massive building. I want to try to get into Redondo Beach, uh, things like that. So you'll notice, like I was saying here, we've got towers, water towers, supposedly, right? Bay windows. Didn't know that was a thing back in the 18, 1900s. But you'll see spires all the way back here. I've got better pictures than this. Let's go ahead and go through here. And every single one, and this is going to be, if I'm not mistaken, this is like an Avalon or something to that effect. And they they pretty much just tore all the lumber out of California and just stripped it, you know, purpose built for their own amusement kind of a situation. Look at this, Redondo Beach. Who in their right mind will put this massive building right on the water, right on the sand, okay? And I mean, look at the size of the doors, the windows. You even see these telephone poles that have one, two, three, four crossbars on them. Everywhere these four crossbar telephone poles are, there are no wires on these, okay? Now there are on the two up here. You'll see that. But every picture you see with the ones with four, that's it. Those are just relay towers. They were sending radio waves. They were sending signals pretty much as far back as what well, we're told is ancient Egypt that twenty five hundred years ago, 6,000, It doesn't matter. It's always been there. This, these are what were called God's gift at one point. The information of frequency, sound, vibration, harmony. These are all things that you know are very spiritual, very meaningful to. A, I would say a minority of people actually, um, not a majority, unfortunately, and if. The majority were the case in this matter. I feel like we would be in a different situation. We wouldn't be riding on the fear vibe so hard, you know? And that's all any of it was. It's all just, hey, let's build the city of fear. You know, let's cram everyone together. Let's steal the old stuff, unbury it. And I'm trying to get to some that are, there we go. So you see the architecture here is just amazing. Absolutely amazing. And you see this in the center here in the quad. Look at the size of that. How in 1890, look at, you, you got horse-drawn carriages, you've got what, like model T's, model A's, and then you've got this thing, <laughs> which is at least probably 15 to 20 stories, if not higher. And it's
0: just a pillar with a statue. Right. Right. And one very similar in the center of Indianapolis. Oh, they're everywhere. Absolutely, I, remember that. I think it's called the Sol- Soldier's and Sail- Sailors Monument. There's one absolutely, yeah, Norwich, Connecticut, that we saw, and and yeah, the one in Norwich, I remember a little better because I saw it more recently. But it had a woman at the top of it, a statue of her, and she's holding a giant feather. And I think there was a seagull yep. that was perched on her head. It wasn't part of the statue, but it was from my photo. People can go to okay. Instagram to check that out. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean these. These statues and monuments, especially they're obelisks, obelisks. they're massive. They dwarf anything
1: in ancient Egypt or what we're told is ancient Egypt. Okay. They're just absolutely amazing. Okay. (laughs) You cannot put a price on something or, or of an adjective on something that is just beyond words because it's beyond us. I mean, it came from a different time, a different, I don't know, frequency, dimension. It's kind of hard to say how this all worked out in the very beginning. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just energy weapons. They blew everything up in San Diego and got a film on here somewhere that's riding down one of the streets in San Diego prior to the fire and then after. But if you look at it real close, it almost looks like they flipped the script on that one. But this is a bastion fort is the going term at the moment. Now, if you ever look into the Great Lakes, okay, for example, Chicago is, is a big one. And I've got so many pictures on it, it's insane. Let's see. This is Miami beach. Look at this building. What's the point. What's the point in 1930. How is that even possible to have a, and this building is supposedly like, I think 102 or three years old at this time. So it's from like the 1820s. They say there's nothing prior to 1800. You can dig through archives all day long. You're not going to find anything substantial from prior to the civil war. Now, you're going to find lots and lots of Civil War photos. You're going to find lots and lots of stories about the Underground Railroad and things like that. But the part they don't tell you is underneath every city, underneath every one of these massive buildings, there are aquifers. There are subways, essentially. There are pneumatic tubes. We've got pictures of them in Chicago. And, you know, you can pretty much pull these up just by typing in Chicago pneumatic tube line. Boom, pulls it up, right? The story is what's twisted around It's like, oh, this was invented, you know, after the electric railroad, this is uh, something else right here. This is Miami after, uh, well, that's a hurricane for you, but look at these buildings there. Are they building them? Are they tearing them down? It's kind of hard to say unless you have pictures that are dated and you can rely on the dating. Now, even small hometowns, you look at these harbor towns, you look at these bridges, these are Absolutely massive bridges with stone foundations and footings. Some of them pivot to let the uh, ships through, which is pretty heavy technology for that day. So army corps engineers, either a pat on the back or it's just a bluff. You know, I'll let you decide. (laughs) So, I mean, that's uh, was always a dream of mine to get involved with, with building hands on repair work, manipulation of solid materials and. You know, the more you dig into this tangible reality we live in, the more you realize that there's a lot more inside of you and every other person than you'll ever understand. And and that's really where it's at, because this is just this is just strip mall population centers. That's it everywhere. And, and most of these they dug out. Now, they're the ones with the spires and all the uh, ornamental bronze and gold and oh, geez, a lot of copper. And they've wound this around. If you look at the pillars, they've wound this around the inside such that it creates a current, a standing wave current. It's a static electricity alternating current. That's why you need water underneath these buildings because it bounces it back up to the top of the building. So you're getting a reverberation. It's causing a stream of electricity throughout the building. You ever seen Adam's family? I mean, Most people have. And you wonder like, Hey, why is Uncle Fester wearing wool and sticking light bulbs in his mouth to light up, light them up, right?
2: If you lived in one of these houses with these spires, let me see if I can pull one up for you here. And this amazing.
1: There's a lot of colleges and stuff and and the colleges are a whole nother story. Look at that, man. It's amazing. All those spires, all those flags, that's all essentially improving the building with electricity. Okay. It's different than what we know. It's not going to (laughs) power the beefy, inefficient, popular mechanisms we use today, but it'll light streetlights. It'll send telegrams. So you got those telegram posts again, and this is, oh wow, 1909. Okay. So we're talking turn of the century. Everybody's wearing the same clothes, man. I've got one on here where there's a little booth sitting outside and it says good clothes. (laughs) <laughs> right next to the barber shop, and it's just like wow you know if you're putting that out there and that's all there is on the street aside from furniture you're filling up something that's already there you know you've got an entire story underneath you buried and they say oh it's just a subfloor man if you've ever gone down into your local if you have a local um post office for example or a city hall and it's romanesque or classic architecture See if you can't go downstairs. You know, schmooze somebody, give them five, ten bucks, and get in that elevator and go down. There's always at least two or three subfloors, and these subfloors have ten foot plus high ceilings. Usually, probably around fourteen feet, which is insane for you know the height of humans nowadays. Right, it's yeah. mind blowing. It keeps me up at night. <laughs> you know, and I'm fortunate enough to have people in my life. Very few, you know, granted that understand that I'm inquisitive. I want to find out what's going on just so that I could feel at ease, just so that I can understand where I came from, where my energy was born, how I got to this realm. How am I going to get out of this realm? <laughs> you know, am I going to take an easy way out or hard way out? Am I going to buy into the story? And you know, it, it is choose your own, your own adventure after all. I mean, never thought that when I threw on Sam's podcast, the first time that I'd be sitting here talking to you and, uh, I think yours was the second or third one that I got into. And I was like, absolutely. I know where this guy's coming from, you know? Thank you. And it's it's crazy when you look your mom in the face and she gives you a look like, man, you need to go to rehab or, you know, an institution or something. But, you know, the reaction my son has given me through all this, especially going so far as to tell the teacher the world is flat at school. (laughs) I can get reprimanded for that, but not for curse words. Blows my mind. So it's just uh, to be surrounded by positive, like-minded people, or even if they're just open to suggestion.
0: Well, let me, let me circle back in and ask you a question here because we have the, you know, the pattern emerging, right? People can pretty easily recognize that spires, you know, as you laid out bronze and copper are very, you know, common materials in these builds. Are there any other, you know, patterns or significant features to these buildings? That we should be aware of so that folks in their own town oh. can start magnifying oh, these buildings. Absolutely. And let me get into
1: your basic hometown. Okay. These are university or school buildings are called. And this is some of the architecture you're going to look for in your hometown, in your capital, and right around the colleges in your area, say Portland, Salem, it really doesn't matter where you are. And that's the mind blowing thing. At first I was like, oh, I need to go to Russia and check out this mud blood business, right? (laughs) Or I need to go to India and look at, you know, the temples. And while those are spectacular, these are your average, we'll call middle-class structures here. And some of them are turned into schools, hospitals, insane asylums are a big one. And uh, they got to house all the people that don't go along with the storyline, right? You know, (laughs) and uh, I'm just glad I'm not here a hundred years ago, or I would be in one of those buildings probably. So, cheers to that. Right on. (laughs) But, you know, they're, like I was saying about the Adams family. Now, that's another one that you're going to see periodically. You're going to see a house that has a roof that slopes up, oh, probably at about a 70 degree angle or something, you know, and uh, comes to a point and we'll have like four flag posts out of the one peak. Okay. And there's a specific structure and this is going to be, see, am I still sharing? Yeah, all right, good. Let's go back to the beginning here. It's right on the
2: first page here. If I can get back to it, sorry about the tapping once more. This is going to be just about it here. If it'll allow me to look at it,
1: (laughs) I think it was on the third or fourth page last time when I checked. So let's take a look here.
2: Absolutely everywhere though. I mean, coastal cities. Sure. Got that. God, I wish I could zoom in like on my phone and be so simple.
1: Okay. You're going to see a lot of spires, a lot of onion domes. You can see a lot of bay windows. Okay. The biggest thing you're going to see is subfloors that are just spectacular. They've got pillars, they've got limestone, they've got features that you wouldn't expect from a building that was born in the mid 1900s. And uh, Jesus, give me all the same. They're really good at archiving these to where it takes hours and hours to find something.
0: It looks like some people playing ring around the rosy. some men, you know, on the other side playing some kind of sport there, stretching. And then we have like the center, but it is reminiscent of a lot of buildings here in New England, especially in the older, more industrial towns. But yeah, it's fascinating when you start digging into the area you're in. Tara, my girlfriend and I, we were driving through a town called Ansonia, Connecticut, and we happened to see these blue signs. And, you know, I think Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, I'm sure most states have these blue signs that will tell you a little bit about the historical significance of a certain area. So we drive to this place, just randomly see a sign stop. And it was August 19th when we see this sign, Randy, and I swear, the sign said on august 19th in 1955 a great flood happened and the flood line was <laughs> as tall as the sign and the sign's taller than our car so the water and we we're on a hill in a valley yep. so you know this okay. whole area was flooded and i can only imagine you know which buildings were destroyed and you know wow. the damming that they do they create like there's a town in connecticut called stevenson and it used to be much bigger but when they created this dam uh, a large part of it flooded, and it's now allegedly, if you believe in the, you know, the the mystery or the conspiracy or the folk tale, that there's a town under a lake now, right? And I'm sure this is the type of story you'll hear in in many places around New England, and I'm sure the the Roman well, it's, United it's, States. It's so fabricated that once you look into it, it's like uh, if you went and picked
1: up a dozen eggs and you cracked them, and there's nothing in them, you know, but you didn't notice because the cardboard box was so heavy. it's kind of that kind of feeling. You know, you wake up in the morning, you go to work and you look up and there's airplanes. What are they doing? Making clouds. What the heck's going on here? What happened though? We can't just have clouds. Okay, well, scratch my head on that and let that one go, right? Then you go downtown to register your vehicle or, you know, bail somebody out of jail, you know, or any of these number of things. Particularly in Des Moines. If you look at Des Moines, I'll see if I can find it, but it might take me a minute. Uh, If you look at Des Moines, it's relatively similar to the way it was a hundred years ago. There hasn't been like a conflagration or a fire or any of these crazy things here. <laughs> Speaking of conflag- conflagration, rather let's go ahead and show you what I'm talking about here. This is supposedly in 1871. Okay. The crazy thing is, is when you pull up the videos, sorry about that. You pull up the videos of 1906 or it's like two days prior to the 1906 great fire and they're rolling down whatever street it is. I can't recall off the top of my head. I've been a little bit too deep in the wormhole here. I mean, look at this is just desolation. This is insane. Wow. And, and so in 30 years, supposedly they went from that to what year was that? It said uh, that was 8th an eighth and ninth of what year? Let's see here. Let's take a look. Eighth and ninth of 1871. So this is 30, 35 years. Prior to the fire. Okay. And somehow magically, I mean, just insanely fast and accurate and beautiful and just geometric and just, wow, just insane architecture just pops right on up. And here we go. Let's, let's take a look at Chicago from the great park. And you'll see some angles here that are reminiscent of, I don't know, snowflakes or Bastion forts, even. Yeah. And if that's popped up for you, you'll see those angles on the sidewalks or what have you, whatever that is. Now, how would, how many bricklayers would it take <laughs> to lay all those bricks that quickly, lay in the lighting, the cable, everything? And this is, uh, let's see what I can't. The one thing that I'll notice is they'll tell you a, a date on the summary of the picture. A lot of time, if you can see the date stamp on the picture, it'll be different. But a lot
0: of the time, it's just, it's to form a narrative. I mean, right. So is your suggestion that these towns were created out of a material that was easily burnt and then they lit it all on fire and replaced it? Or they used that the the fake fire as a hoax? to explain you know why these buildings look so magnificent like oh look we just built them using the most recent technology because everything was destroyed in a fire i mean because from my understanding we have you know uh, all these brick buildings brick i don't believe is something that can go up in flames in my right and they say fireproof on
1: a lot of the hotels if you still go to some older towns i grew up in uh, a harbor area in los angeles and they're are plenty of brick buildings that say fireproof storage things like that and they're just that same red brick the same style windows the same style peaks and valleys in the penthouses basically they went from the spire type romanesque architecture and in 35 years yeah about 35 years went to all red brick similar architecture same kind of arches smokestacks that sort of thing. You'll notice that the skylines hazed out. So you can't see further down where the Moorish style buildings are. And by Moorish, I mean, what we would consider the original African-Americans. This is the the oldest indigenous civilization in America or in the world rather. And they're recognized through the United Nations as such and out of Louisiana. And they are not indians they're not um i'm sorry native americans as we know them they are of african descent essentially what we would call genetically african okay so the bayou is a little bit of a different place than we're led to believe and it really kind of goes just off the rocker man it's insane i've not stopped finding information that's contradictory to the things that are said on like the Smithsonian channel, you throw your YouTube on and throw that on. Oh man, is it is it ever fun to look at this and then turn and look at the stories that they've got about these things, like the mound builders, okay? Now the Serpent Mound's one thing. That's its own kind of architecture, art, you know, monument. However, when you've got something that's dug out and they're finding tunnels underneath and all kinds of just insane things... Statues that are probably 50, 60 feet tall. The detail is just immaculate, like almost down to, man, I'd say the fingerprint. If you've ever seen one in person, it's just beautiful and they're ceramic. So, would they serve a purpose? I would imagine so, especially if you've got it sitting on top of a gold, brass, copper sphere that's got an antenna coming out of the top. You're going to generate some form of static. And it is going to ground itself and it is going to provide a charge or a polarity to your red brick, which is essentially an insulator. It's kind of works the way silicone does. Um, now the holes in the red brick, they thread steel or tin or different things through, depending on what they had around. But if you look at the really ancient buildings, man, it's, it's crazy. The cathedrals, for example, in France. The Arc de Triomphe in France is a is a good
2: one just to kind of get a real close look at what's going on with the world and what they're trying to
1: tell you. Because basically they're trying to tell you, hey, we built this arch for people to walk
2: under when they come back from Napoleon's war, right? So just the size is insane. There we go. So we'll take a look real quick and just, you know, to show everybody that (laughs) that has to have a purpose. That is massive. That is the size of, I don't even know what, I don't think I've ever seen anything
1: so big. Even the temples of Karnak are not this big. They're not this detailed. They're not this symmetrical or geometric or beautiful for that matter. I mean, you know, we're kind of taught that beauty comes from symmetry and I'm really big on uh, looking into the golden ratio and how it fits into our world in our lives. The number three, the number six, the number nine, if you look into Nikolai Tes- Tesla, he'll kind of beat around the bush. Of, well, all things in the universe are vibr vibration, frequency. And uh, Oh, what's the other word I'm looking for? I know, you know it, <laughs> but so good vibes,
0: you know, that's, more meaningful than I was the graphic. Um, is that what your your everything in the in the world is fractal, is energetic. I mean, there's so many things. Absolutely. Important. I mean I, I don't I don't know, know if you've ever delved into the
1: the inner world like with say a shamanic supplement, but there are things going on that we just don't have the eyes to see. You know, if you look at the eyes through a bumblebee, you'll see flowers in a different light, right? Energy. You, and it's just And it makes my hair stand on end just talking about good vibes and just relaying that because I know somebody out there is going to pick up on this and go, you know what? Yeah. Why do I need to be angry, upset, depressed, fearful when I can stop and just tell myself, don't do it. Meditate a little, give yourself a little um, chant whatever makes you happy, you know, ride that vibe because that's, what's going to save your soul, man. None of this, Hey, let's go get poked and and shake hands and go to a pool party for free and all this other, you know, fly, fly across country for $35. I mean, it's pretty tempting, man. I'm not going to lie, but it just comes with so many bad vibes and negative energy. And, you know, and that's just part of it. All of our media structure, our learning systems now, mostly digital, you know, being a parent, it's very difficult to look at the implementation of these monitoring systems. Basically they're putting on children at school with their Chromebooks and their online learning and their virtual world that they live in. Basically, I feel like I feel like we've gotten so small as far as dimensions or mathematics are concerned that the next step is to go not in with within ourselves, but to dive into something even smaller, which is the micro world of ones and zeros. It's digital. When they went from analog to digital, man, they really, really rocked the boat. And everything's been different since. I I don't know if you've noticed, but man, since like 2008, 2009, when they started that transition, it's just been pure fear. It's been pure anger, pure hate, pure racism. I mean, there was once upon a time when every single race got along, man, every single race. And, you know, I'd hate to do it, but could probably pull up a, a site that'll help us out just a bit and see if I can't t- just demonstrate that everybody got along at one point and then all of a sudden I don't know if you've ever heard of the box saga
0: oh, that one's that one's a doozy man it's definitely something to look into yeah we've uh, done an episode with uh Dan from rising from the ashes podcast right right yeah, yeah and they're done. they did a stellar take on it man and you know what I've gone through it
1: top to bottom listened to just kind of the generalization of why and how. And while I don't lean hard into it, like if it were a religion or a state of understanding or believing, I do see it as a tool. And I think that that's really what it was meant to be, is a tool for enlightenment, a tool to allow you to look deeper within yourself. I really do believe that at one point, we didn't have a language as we know it. We didn't have civil or our tongue didn't touch the top of our mouths. It was just pure energy. We didn't need to talk because we understood each other. And that was all just wiped away. How? Why? Not completely sure. Kind of stuck in it. Kinda wondering. <laughs> but, you know, to try and look into this and not get, you know, down on yourself and not get spiritually or emotionally depleted is is a crazy difficult thing to do. And So reaching out to people, talking to people about these things, you know, we can have a chuckle or two, but when you break it down, it's just a a way to be aware of yourself, of what's going on around you and uh, see if I can't get this pulled up here in the meantime. So basically you'll see across the country, man, we've got rivers that take angles that are just unnatural. They'll just kind of hit a 45 real fast and right back and. Maybe there'll be an S curve and it just so happens there's one side of a city on that side and one side on that side, like kind of St. Louis is a good example. Keokuk, Iowa, oddly enough, comes to the top of my head. And uh, strangely enough, in San Pedro, California, they call the harbor canals. And this is as of like 1880 or somewhere earlier than that one. It's just woods, wood sailing ships on wooden docks. And you're going, well, how did they dredge out canals between, you know, a rock, rocky shoreline, you've got maybe a mucky bottom or something. But this is just when steam power is coming out and they're calling them canals and they run all the way into the harbor and they come all the way around. A vast majority of that stuff was there when they got there, man. It's like waking up one day and going, hey, your house is over here. Your house is over here. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Home <laughs> where they kind of uh, at the end end up in that oddly circular, oddly snowflake shape kind of area. And she finds her mom at a little information booth or whatever. I really do think that they're telling us things with every freaking, oh man, pardon my language there. I don't know if that flies or not, but you know we try to keep it down to a minimum in my house. Things get out of control. (laughs) But you look into a lot of movies, music, I mean, even something like Black Hole Sun. If you break that down and vibe on it and think about the esoteric and hidden history, if you look into it deep enough, Man, it's just, it's all a simile, it's all a metaphor, but if you're willing to open your mind, you can find things in absolutely everything. I mean, red hot chili peppers, blatantly obvious, you know, dreams of Californication. California, there was nobody there prior to like 1890. It was just sparse. They were advertising beaches. I mean, same thing with Florida. So you had people coming up in through New York, right past the Statue of Liberty, Which again, I mean, I don't know how the French were going to drag that across the water and when steamship or even in an iron boat for that matter, uh, let alone build it on a star fort, but they did apparently. And right next to it, we have an intake station, which is a massive building where they brought the immigrants through. And I don't know what it was before, but it worked really well for administration for a lot of years. Now,
2: a difficulty that I'm having at this particular point is... Where else to go with it, because your average
1: person, and I mean, geez, it must be about seventy five percent of people I talk to, just bringing up something like the Smithsonian Institute getting billions of dollars through this you know act, and not even opening the doors, not even putting anything additional out online, not all they've got is a channel now that just kind of narrates this ridiculous shell of a story and and you're kind of like, all right, well, what? What's going on there? They're like, well, let's fly over America and see what we can see. Well, look at these hills and dales. And then they go over to Mount Rushmore, right? You see the nice, crisp presidential faces. And then if you really back up and you look at the rest of that rock structure, it looks kind of like maybe somebody else's face was up there at some point. Either that or maybe an animal or whatever was being revered at that particular point when it was essentially put there. You got giant bones hidden. Lost, given back to the native Americans and nobody talks about it. Nobody says anything. This is as recent as like, geez, well, we still have side shows. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're still here. <laughs> People don't notice because it's not in the palm of their hands. It's not on Google. If you say, okay, Google, how many giants live in the world? And they'll, they'll say, well, giantism, blah, blah, blah. And they'll go on about a disease. and so on and so forth but they won't share with you that there was a culture here everywhere all around the world a culture where essentially the bigger folks dominated ruled and dictated what the smaller folks did and apparently there was somebody that didn't like that or somebody that kind of like the box saga says got stuck under an ice cap drinking tea at 4 p.m to stay awake until who knows how long because you know No melatonin, man. It'll deplete you. And uh, they pop out all of a sudden. And then there's this black plague, black death. There's, uh, geez, the East India, uh, the Dutch East India trading company, the Dutch East India trading company, so on and so forth. These are all your major, this is Walmart. You know, this is Amazon. These are the people that are dictating the, what the consumer does. And that's essentially all we are. We're just feeding the machine. You step out of line, what happens? Your reputation is just trashed or you just kind of disappear off of the face of media or the internet. And, you know, it's one of those things that it it can be startling. It can kind of scare you into keeping your mouth shut, really. I mean, I've been looking into some weird stuff since probably 2010 and man, for it to be 11 years later and finally be having a conversation that's relevant to what's going on as opposed to, well, on the red carpet tonight, Jim Carrey, who I think is just amazing. He's a wonderful guy. He's the only only star out there that's really speaking his mind and telling it how it is. He just plays characters. That's all he does. And he knows it and he puts it out there and he makes little quips and things that if you really read into him, you'll find out that he's probably just as sick of it as the rest of us are. So... You know, it's not just us little, little people that punch the clock or dig the holes or grow the corn. It's, it's the people up top, man. They're, they're really starting to see what's going on. I do think there was something kind of irregular, we'll say about the whole lockdown situation, the way that the Navy decided to dock a hospital ship in New York, which has massive, massive underground. It's an underground city, essentially. Same thing with Washington. Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Diego, all of these cities are built on top of another city. And they tell you, oh, it's just the basement, subfloor. It's just a Roman bath, (laughs) you know, or, oh, it's just ruins. We're just going to build on top of it. Like story I heard growing up in school about 1906 fire in San Francisco was, well, it's because they built on a landfill, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, you're going to build a, I don't know, 15, 20, sometimes like 50 story buildings and these stories are huge the doors are massive they're 12 to 15 feet tall you know you've got buried windows you've got just amazing amazing architecture complete with statues and little miniature details that have little you know wirish looking points gargoyles even we'll say you know Uh, i've noticed a lot of owls this is kind of interesting to me Uh, there's a movie out there i think it's like the fourth kind or something like that it has a oh what's her name from fifth element in it <clears throat> but basically you know the owl is a sign of knowledge of a hidden knowledge okay and it's also on the flag of tartaria that's their their alternate
0: flag and well, it's, uh concerning gargoyles i mean this is something that i have noticed but haven't really thought much into but you're saying that gargoyles are a part of this pattern? I mean, would you say that that, have you looked into the symbolism of of a gargoyle?
1: Well, essentially, it's a pagan thing. Uh, That's the only word I can use that, that really kind of reflects the current paradigm. I mean, that's part of why all the cathedrals were taken over, why they tore all those massive pipe organs out. And a lot of these cathedrals had gargoyles on them or owls perched up top. It wasn't just a ball on top of a vase looking thing. They had a figure there. And on that figure, they represented who they were. They represented their souls. They were unique to the person who manufactured or made them. And I don't know how they carved out of marble, porcelain. I mean, there are massive, massive kilns and firing pits and that they found in places like Germany, Russia. And we're talking the size of you know a small city, huge places where you could Fire just about anything, anything in your home you can make out of porcelain and fire it in these ovens and it would come right on out, just like the facade on the front of the Capitol building, any Capitol building, you name it. Look at Iowa, look at Washington, DC, you'll see a facade and it's always got kind of a happy go lucky feel, you know, warm, touching, kind of happy, oh, just blissful kind of emotion. Because everybody's, you know, blissfully laying around with each other or dancing or different things like that. And then when you see these gargoyles, you see you see these faces on them and the snarls, and each one's different, you know, similar to the was it the the general's army that they found in his tomb in China, the Qin dynasty or whatever. I'm drawing blinks right now because it really is worldwide. There are star forts in Japan. There's star forts in India. There's star forts in Boston. I mean, it's just insane. And then they go, well, you know, all this waterways, all these lakes, that's just because the glacier receded and tore everything out. You know, the Grand Canyon. Yeah. You know, that river ran for so long. It just kind of cut through it. Have you tried pouring water down a dirt hill and see how long a stream takes to eat it away? And it takes some time, man. And I don't think that there's been that long. Since the last time we were wiped off the face of the planet or driven underground, the Hopi Indians, they've got stories. Every single nationality, aboriginal group has stories of having to retreat underground, having to seek safety, having to minimize so that they could survive. Uh, We're talking recently and. I mean, look at what we've done in America by pushing everything that was here away and out the Buffalo, the natives, so on, so forth. And I really do feel like the buffalo were there to sustain the entire population of the country. They didn't have these factory farms. They had the plains, you know, which were essentially covered in mud and grew grass on them. So yeah, underneath there, there are star forts. You can look, look at Iowa, Ohio, Ohio's the big one. You've got a lot of different things going on there. It's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing. There's so much here and so much time can be spent. Viewing these things and, you know, uh, accumulating knowledge and the vision of what the world is and was. But unless you can share that with somebody, it's lost, you know, it's just lost in the ether. I mean, I might as well meditate it to them because that's all there is to it. If it's just me talking about it in my room by myself or, you know, to a relative or something. But if you can reach somebody and give them a little bit of hope, you know, a little bit of a good vibe change their day for the better based on what you know about the world that may be horrible or different or misunderstood you know if you could share a story with someone that says hey check out this book it's called the smithsonian contribution to knowledge <laughs> and in the in the advertisement and it's called advertisement in the front it's not an index it's not a preface it's an advertisement that's exactly what they call it and uh, it's just absolutely amazing that you can pull this information up and you can see it for yourself and then watch something on TV. That's made by the same organization that states completely contrary information. It's just mind blowing. It's awesome to look into. It's a fun time and I'm just stoked to have been able to share it with you, man.
0: I, uh, I have some pictures in uh, new Haven, Connecticut. Let me show you some photos here. Let's see. All right, folks. Check it out. Shared right now. How how big is it? Is it big? Can you see it? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: the. I don't know. You might say Turkish, Moorish, cathedral type of feeling here.
0: Right. So yeah. We zoom in on this. Let's see if I can zoom in on this. This right here, where my pointer is. There's like uh, two women goddess naked nests oh yeah Uh, just wings absolutely beautiful
1: symmetrical just oh man it it really gives you an ethereal deep tingly kind of uppity vibe like i would feel great driving through that walking through that little bit of a tunnel just based on man look at that it's it's gorgeous all right it's it screams beauty you know and that's going to be like a moorish or cathedral type style everything's decorated. Everything is immaculate. Everything is even huge. <laughs> so awesome, man. I just wish that sometimes, or who knows, maybe I have been back in those days or back in that particular timeline. Sometimes I really think that we've got some kind of a shifting.
0: So, all right, check this out. So see where where, I, where I'm pointing at, you see the, the goddesses that I was yeah. telling you about. They're the wings. Now this building on the other side here, we can go and look. Hopefully it came up. This is the building that the high the skull and bones, right? Yeah. The, the skull and Absolutely. bones is let's see, where is it? Oh god, this is not <laughs> You know what, this is this is a plethora of everything that is lost to us or hidden from us. It really is. Um, yeah, I mean look at one. these Duck go search and you can find all these. oh yeah, but very if you try google,
1: you're you're not gonna get nothing. And everybody's got a Google built or Apple or Siri.
0: and know right, so here's here's the building right here. Check it out. So this is the this is the tomb on High Street where skull and bones allegedly. but if you look here uh in this photo, you see that that whole structure that I was just pointing out, wasn't there so that's completely new structure right yeah look Not, up top there look at the uh
2: just the simple planning that i
1: mean it's you know it's even it's symmetrical but there's no there's
0: no positivity to it there's no there's no warmth there uh, oh this is very utilitarian almost like kind of dauntingly abrahamic you know it's very oh stupid. absolutely it's, it's dystopian it like crazy you know it's that's so like were talking brother's about, house man. you are talking about the facades this is the new haven courthouse okay right so, what does that have to do with the law you know what right? i mean look that's, at look at the look at the facade here i mean this is something i've pointed out and i obviously folks yeah. know that skull and bones is in the same town that we see here where you know, look at that. I mean, it's very pedophilic, if you ask me. These, oh, you know, it's kind of hard to here. see from 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 this clarity. But if you look at it in person, you can see that these are boys, and you know, these are supposed to be Roman gods or whatever. So, right. you know, I definitely think that we need to have a larger degree of discrimination. You know, like this to me wouldn't be Tartarian. I really just don't no, no, see. no, I not at all. Would be something that's like. You know, this is obviously kind of Oh man.
1: This is after they came out of the, you know, from under the ice shelf and uh, hell up there. But maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm just, you know, looking. That's about as close as I can get to it as box saga, man. I mean, it's maybe use it as a metaphor or, you know, some kind of a vague, you know, a simile. But man, uh, something happened. Something happened. Maybe three, four maybe even 500 years ago, like this researcher was talking about, where all of a sudden you had disarming, you had, you know, despair, you had tons and tons of people, tons of kids, infants, infantoriums. That's just right there is mind blowing. You know, I understand the need for childcare, but to tote them around as if they're a sideshow, it's a little bit much and a little disturbing,
0: but we can get to that another time. Right. Well, that facade, I mean, I was just pointing out the strange architecture there because it's like, okay, you know, at face value, what does that mean you know to me it symbolizes you know this sort of secrecy that goes along with the town itself and the courthouse kind of maybe protecting those who are interested in that kind of crime I mean right. it's, it's disturbing but it's also you know it would make sense considering the university and and the churches and and everything going on but this is hill house and what I showed you just now this is 88 Hill House Avenue in New Haven, Connecticut. This is the former home of George H.W. Bush, a building I've been in myself. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of strange architecture in New Haven. This is the this is the what do they call it? City Hall, sorry, City Hall there. And uh, yeah, I mean, just in this one place you can see so many strange features and i just wonder what the place looked like before you know these other skyscrapers got them in there it. and you can only imagine like look at this you know sorry yeah, so you gotta really dig it into the archives and then the pictures are so grainy and all well, this picture you know the the Pa- Look at California. how there, or What is it called? They tear postcard. down the resolution so you can't even zoom in on it now. It's well, it's a postcard, you know. But I mean, with the amount of trees on this street alone, those trees are still yes. for the most part there on Hill House Avenue. But mm-hmm. if, and they're very young trees, they're, you, they're only 30, 40 feet tall at most, right? So, and but I'm wondering like what the landscape looked like when you know it was just like the Tartarian buildings that were allegedly taken over. And then which buildings in between are, you know, just modern, you know, because this is the theory that we're dealing with, right? I mean, this is part of your research. We're talking about buildings that were here already and groups like the Freemasons came along and said, no, this is, you know, we built this and this is how we built it. And don't ask any questions about the giant bones. Don't ask any questions about, you know, anything else because we're here now and that's all that matters absolutely it's it's crazy to think that there's that much effort
1: put into keeping a simple truth from people the truth is there's more to life than what we have right now than what we see than what we know and you know giving us little tidbits of information things like mars and space and we get into that whole thing another time that's pretty fun stuff but they throw that at us as a distraction from the things that are right in front of us, uh, the people that are right in front of us. You've got, like I was saying, the oldest indigenous uh, civilization. I'll pull that up real quick for you here. And in order to be the oldest indigenous civilization, that means you're here. You were settled. You were civilized. You had your your people. You had your buildings. You had you had everything set up. You were recognized by the UN as basically the go-to as the first person uh, the first group of people rather and
0: uh, see if i can pull that up real fast for you and Without in the meantime about the the moorish people that you mentioned earlier yeah. in, in louisiana absolutely yep okay now when you say they're recognized by the u.n when did that take place Oh, it was like nineteen ninety.
1: See here, nineteen ninety something. We'll see if we can't get that pulled up. The huh? See now, Wikipedia's got some different stuff going on, and that's the the thing you run into when you get into the the world of digital entertainment. It's not even information. It's just it's just what it is. I mean, it breaks down, man. You you Google it or Bing it, and it's just garbage. It's oh well, the evangelians or the people from space or the
2: indians the spanish it gives you everything but but if you go ahead and go to i'll see if i can pull it up without kind of disclosing it and people can look it up if they want to
1: if you want to throw it in the show notes there it's uh, a really valuable piece of information and it's very well written very well researched it's yeah, it lifting the veil of illusion
0: piercing sorry piercing Oh, it's all right. Yeah, send it in the chats. Piercing the veil of illusion. Okay. All one word. This is... And a, of right?
1: course, you know, you're not going to... Piercing the veil of illusion. And no. this this oh. really resonates, man. It, it's... I mean, when the hairs on the back of your neck stand up reading some of this stuff, some of it's really out there. But it rings. It rings true. It rings so much truer than oh, well, the Afghans are pouring into Canada because uh, Fidel Castro Jr. is allowing it and COVID this and flying an airplane that. And you know what I mean? Uh, inflation and war and chaos. It, it just rings so much Sure, And, you know, you take a look at it and man, it's, it's mind blowing. Everything here is on point and she's got it done so well. It's just, it's all here. I, I don't know how many years she spent putting this together, but um. I mean, it's taken me years just to find out about the local situation. You know, the viaducts, the Romanesque architecture, things like, especially the, the Capitol building or the White House, there are pictures of them digging out the Capitol building and they're saying they remodeled it. You know, why are you going to stack sand <laughs> up next to a building if you're remodeling and you've got scaffolding? You're not going to do that. It's just not how it works. So anyway, yeah, piercing the veil of illusion, a lot of fun stuff to look into by fun. I mean, you know, take it easy, read a couple headers and then move on, you know, for the day you get so far into it, you're, you're really going to kind of lose hope for humanity because there's a lot of really negative energy out there. And there's a lot of things in the past that have happened that are just, you know, downright negative and no fun to hear about, no fun to be around. It's It's absolutely mind-blowing. Now, when you look at other things like technology, there's stuff we can get into there. The entire uh, airline industry, there's a lot of stipulations, or I'm sorry, a lot of, uh, draw blank again. There's a lot of ideas out there that, essentially these uh, Airbuses, some of the larger ones, they're not running on fuel when they're up there. This is kind of spreading as the word right about now. And if you look into the physics of a jet engine, If you get to a certain point of compression, you do not need anything but air, period. It's what the SR-71 runs on. It's called a scramjet or a ramjet. You get a turbo fan and you turn it up even higher and you add certain technology to the back end of it and it will just run on air. Now they're charging you fuel surcharge. They're charging you luggage. They're charging you this, that, and the other. Meanwhile, they're dumping aluminum all over you and telling you to have a good day you know, and fly safe. And it's just uh, everything's upside down. We're an opposite day. You know, it's kind of like a episode of Garfield. Someone sent me to, uh, what was it 10 buck two or something? Cause I don't know where I'm at sometimes anymore. And, uh, you know, moving out from the West Coast, right? Come to the West Coast. We've got beaches and bungalows. Everything's kind of one, two stories aside from, you know, downtown. You get downtown and you don't really see too much on of red brick anymore. Unless you're going down towards, like, let's say, the Market District, things like that, and uh, you know, it's kind of sad because there are pictures of Los Angeles that show a, a bustling, massive architecture, just beautiful, beautiful stuff, and it's all gone now. Like that Redondo Beach photo I showed you there. This is uh, kind of an interesting one. Let's see if I can just pop this one in real fast. I know we got a lot of a lot of things going on, a lot of stuff popping up.
2: All right, that worked. I am drawing a
0: blank. All right. Apparently I'm sharing. I guess it says I do. (sighs) Right. And this is part of the theory, you know, building these bricks, brick buildings or destructible buildings on the fault line. So earthquakes would come in and destroy them sort of like reset cities. But right. They just didn't run the steel reinforcement through, you know, or
1: basically just threw them together use the bricks from the last building, stack them up, come out with something that looks like kind of a, a half building or maybe like a little town hall, a little short building here. But if you look at this Chicago skyline here, it's it's amazing because you've got that big park, that huge park right there. And that's just absolutely massive. Some of these buildings are like probably 50 stories, maybe 25 for some of the smaller ones. But if you get up close They've all got stairs that lead up to a second floor. If you go inside, the lobby will always have stairs along the side that go down. Okay. And this is, like I was saying, just about everybody's town hall. You know, you go to Los Angeles, you go to the courthouse, it's got a glass facade on it, right? And looks a little bit more modern. Maybe they sandblast the stone to make it look clean and neat. But uh, yeah, I mean, so here's the conflagration again. I think I finally got this down. (laughs) But uh, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing what we're told, what we're supposed to believe. Are you sharing your screen? I don't think. There we go. Did that pull? (laughs) There we go. Yeah. So that's the configuration. I don't know why it's not sharing uh, each one, but let's see. That's an orphan. Let me find one that's really relevant, like small town or, or group. And it's, it's again, just about every small town. So we'll go with this one. This looks okay. Let's find out where we're at here. Of course, it's super tiny in the corner. It's going to be somewhere in the Midwest, so we'll just pop that up real quick. And it's just about every major or capital in the Midwest here. This is Waterloo, Iowa. Okay, so you've got the utilitarian style, like we were talking about buildings. And then if you look over to the far side of the screen on the left, I don't know if it's reversed. I hope it's not. But you see kind of a domed building. It's got some Moorish architecture. There's a lot of that going on in the Midwest. Certain areas are leaning a little bit more towards Moorish. Onion domes, high arch windows as opposed to like a bay window or they generally have some kind of decoration on top. The dome's usually covered in some kind of conductive metal, whether it be brass. Not a lot of brass from what I understand. It's going to be primarily copper and uh, gold. Here in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, we've got a capital building that supposedly has something like six or seven pounds of gold plating on the top of it. And you don't do that for fashion. You don't do that for beauty or just to look at that's a lot of money to throw on top of a building when there are other materials that will do the job better. And uh, I mean, you just see this stuff everywhere.
2: Here we go. This is an interesting one. And there's small towns, little small town, America, Keokuk, Iowa. And you see, you see this main
1: street everywhere you go, everywhere in the Midwest. Every time you step out of California, Nevada, get a little bit east of the Rockies, you're going to see this layout, this uh, perfect cracker box, some of which are leaning a little bit towards underground. Some of them have stairwells that go down the side. So it makes you wonder how many times they've reused these things and just thrown people in or taking people away or whatever the case may be. I'm all they've got to do is tell people, Hey. Something's going wrong. We got to save you. You know, we've got to save you. And people listen, man. We are a, a race of followers and we do what we're told. And with the uh, amount of technology, the influence of advertisement, propaganda, I mean, it's absolutely amazing what they've done since World War II with propaganda. Even prior to that, I mean, how do you get an entire population? And give them the drive to go and kill themselves and others. You know, that's insane. MK MKUltra was just a show. It was just something to show the public to say, yeah, we did that. And maybe we won't do it anymore. But they've been doing it since essentially the beginning of the timeline. We know, um, I think Alex- Alexei Flamenco, he's in the ballpark. I really, really do think he's in the ballpark. I just don't know that that's completely accurate. The missing thousand years, that makes sense. But I do think that there is something sinister afoot, you know? I mean, it's like a James Bond movie or the Simpsons where Mr. Burns tries to block out the sun or uh, any of these things. And you've always got trolley lines. Here's some else. These are small towns in middle America.
0: They're right around the horse and buggies and you got trolley lines everywhere. Yeah. In my own hometown, there was a trolley line that went from close to where I live, Oyster river all the way over to a place called Sabin Rock. And it's this big rock that kind of juts out of the ground on the coast near a beach. And it's it's definitely very interesting, you know, what you can find, you know, certain streets will reveal like where things were that are no longer there. But yeah, as far as this, you know, overall theory, I mean, how do you feel this connects you know, ultimately to the Smithsonian Institute and what they've done to, obviously there's a lot of researchers out there who've shown that they've hidden the giant bones and. Sure. Yeah.
1: It's, you know, it's, it's, I don't don't know know so much about what they've hidden. I, I really feel like it's more about what they've taken away. You know, they're not just covering the stuff up, they're digging it up and getting rid of it. They're creating literature media opinions they're creating hysteria around certain topics and minimizing the others they are taking away our past they are driving us toward essentially you know being mindless historyless nameless soulless beings that's that's what they want and hey who can blame them right humans are flawed we're inherently flawed but some of us have an opportunity in our lives, maybe once in a while, maybe all the time, depending on your situation, to experience what it is to be a person and what it is to have a soul and what it is to connect and to vibe and to enjoy and smile and laugh and live in love. And these institutions are set up primarily to keep you nose deep in that book or in that Library Congress website. And uh, I mean, they've got me a few nights, man, where I'm like, oh man, it's five in the morning already. I'm just surfing the, the web, you know? They've got it figured out, man. It's all set up to eat up your time, make you sound nuts. But when you look at this, this is a Clorinda, Iowa. Okay. And uh, it's just, it's a hospital for the insane. (laughs) If you look at the architecture, this is a massive castle type, just beautiful, beautiful plantation type. I mean, you you can't even, uh, there's no name for it in English because they've screwed our language up so bad that we cannot express beauty or function or purpose properly. I mean, just to turn this into an insane, as- insane asylum is just a slap in the face to the people that were here before. It's a beautiful place. Don't get me wrong. If I were nuts, I wouldn't mind being there. But it, it, again, it's, you know, and then to have movies out like, oh, uh, what's it? 13 Ghosts and, you know, all these other things where you got a crazy person in insane asylum goes nuts, murders a bunch of people, ghosts come back. Like, you know, yeah, a lot of these places have negative energy. They have vibes. There are voices that will, Reach out to you. There are things that will connect with you in these places around these energies because it's so profound. Something so drastic and dramatic happened that, I mean, if you've ever gone and walked down railroad tracks in the middle of America, it is not a fun feeling. It's different. You know, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, not on the tracks, of course, but like right next to them. Something about railroad tracks, man. They were all here before too.
0: And I think there's possibly ley lines is something to do with that. I mean, we have, well, this, you know, ley lines the Tesla and the energy of the earth. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, our connection with Gaia or our world or earth or whatever you'd like to call where we are this moment, there just aren't words for the vast Spiritual context of what existence is. There just aren't words. And it's unfortunate. You find words sometimes in like Japanese or say Inuit, you know, have several words for snow, for caring, for kindness, because you need the difference. You need to know the degree. You need to know, you know, the tenacity of the emotion. How aggressive is that emotion, you know? And we just don't have that. And we're told to, forget about it it's just a movie it's not real things like that yeah. i mean look at the mind-blowing one man is uh, essentially every disney movie ever made ever made strictly propaganda brainwashing but it teaches you to dismiss anything ethereal magical fantastic uh look at rapunzel's tower right if i could get my phone to pull up on my computer i've got a picture of a tower I can't tell where it's at, but it's definitely interesting. Let's see if I can't get into that real quick and show you. And it's mind-blowing because this is a real place, and we're just told this is all fantasy. You know, we're, we're brainwashed. We're all just subject to the same game. Some of us snap out of it early. I, I've got friends that are, you know, 18, 19, coming out of college. And by going to college, they're basically shown lies and how to lie and how to manipulate. And they do, but if they're awake to it, some of them become very, very positive, very vibrant people and influence not just the people around them, but the energy around them. And I think that this this is what was going on prior to whatever destroyed or whatever ended the last hmm, paradigm. So we'll just call it the last paradigm shift, right? I know Ari Aslan's got some information about the specifics of how and uh, things like that. And you know, that's part of the thing that I kind of just don't get into too much. I just want to know the why and the vibe behind it. You know, the technology is obviously intriguing, especially when you look at mud fossil, man. A lot of those are are legit, man. I'm not gonna lie. If you look at them, they look like a melted moorish building or a melted Capitol building. Just drooping you know or a statue just drooping it's like oh look at this place this cave underground and over in the corner there's like a face and like you know bird and you're like wait a minute turn the contrast down just a little bit and then all of a sudden everything pops out and you're like oh man this is too much i'm going to bed (laughs) you know i got a little too much tonight Uh, but that's the reality we live in it's it's awesome it's amazing it's deep it's spiritual if you want to call it that it's energetic You know, I think the best word that I've found for the vibe of the world that's positive is the primordial om. It's the only way I know to explain it. And that's just the word I would use. I have a personal preference as to how I would address what I call the source or what have you, not to take away from anybody's religion, belief, anything like that. It's just there's so much more to it that we can't wrap our heads around it. If we can't understand the reality that we live in, what's in front of our faces, how are we ever going to dive deep enough in ourselves to understand the heart of nature, the heart of living, the heart of communicating, of connecting? We're just not going to. So leave the words alone, ride the vibes in those moments and just go along for the ride. I mean, there've been some situations, man, where I'm sitting, got the bells going, depending on the frequency, I'll get different you know, feelings, but you got to love those those Tibetan bowls, man. They're, they are just absolutely phenomenal. And I never, never thought in my life that I would be sitting in a room for three or four hours, just humming essentially, you know, and communicating and opening up. And, and I don't know if you call it downloading. A lot of people say, oh, I had a download, you know, last night. I don't know that it's all that. I just, it's a deep connection. And it's essentially what led me to contacting you. It, it led me in the direction I needed to go. Felt like I wanted to be. I'm now in a relationship that's just amazing. In a place that's just beautiful. And we can sustain ourselves off of what we have, you know? And in order to go from nine to five, punching a clock, pulling this stuff up on on uh, just podcasts while I'm working to, I'm going outside to brush the horses. I'm going out to, you know what I mean? Grab some alfalfa for them or we're going to, you know, put some fish in the pond or all these things. We're going to grow a garden, different types of herbs, set it up online, make it organic. It's beautiful, beautiful things. And it all came from that primordial, that deep connection to ourselves, God. If you want to call it that, that's kind of a 33, you know, Freemason type of word. I I really don't like to use. It's kind of of like the whole spherical earth thing. I think it's a bastardization of the, of the golden ratio. It has nothing to do with symmetry and beauty. It's the opposite. If you look at it, it's completely opposite. You don't have the the fractalization happening that you should. You don't have the energy generating that you should. How are you going to have a sphere that generates, what is it, 7.82 hertz? It doesn't make sense. It just the mathematics don't make sense. It would reverberate and it would not happen. I don't know, I've dug a little bit hard into a lot of technical things. And when you break it all down and spend the time to connect with yourself and and try to understand deeply what's going on, it can be overwhelming. But if you learn to humble yourself before it, to slow down, oddly enough, it, it winds you up something fierce, man. But if you learn to slow down and breathe, things happen and you notice them and you enjoy them. And regardless of what type of building you're in, if you're in and, you know, you go in these courthouses, man, they've got a weird vibe, weird vibe, old buildings, old marble buildings, you know, the, uh, the dome tops and usually some kind of statue on the front. A lot of the ones have the statue of the lady holding the staff with the snakes and the ball at the top. This is uh, an alchemical uh, symbol, essentially, for a mercury vortex engine let people look that up. That's a fun wormhole to go down. Take a look at that. See what you end up with. It goes all crazy directions, man. I'll tell you, but the biggest thing about that is you take a couple thermometers and power everything in your bedroom. Almost it's, it's mind blowing. What is taken away from us? Not just hidden, taken away, whitewashed over and presented as a Disney movie or, or avatar avatar rings some bells too, man. And that's, a whole another two hour conversation on silica life and you know our previous possible connection to what we now call Earth. It may have been a lot more than that. And I think that's why a lot of people felt very deeply about the situation in that movie and what was going on, and they they capitalized on our emotion, on our on our positive state when it comes to things that resonate, things like the Adams family, things like the Munsters you know, they were the weird family at the top of the hill, right? That had that weird old architecture building with the gate and all the iron and all the big statues in their little private cemetery. And everything was connected with like a walkway or a fountain, you know, just beautiful stuff, but weird people, right? Stay away from them. Stay away from those weirdos at the top of the hill with the grandpa that's doing experiments downstairs. I mean, if grandpa's doing experiments, he must have some kind of power going on, right? So, split two and two together sometimes allow yourself to uh, kind of drift when you're watching a movie and Hey, if you got to just talk to you know your spirit guide or your plant spirit guide, if you've got one of those that you tend to go toward every day, I, that's always a beautiful thing. There are a couple that are a little iffy. Sometimes you got to be in the right state and before you get involved with those particularly like a detura is, is one I would say use extreme caution, extreme caution. If you're ever going to, um, with that plant spirit, you you need to make sure you have respect and you need to make sure that you follow a respectful shamanic tradition and you are fully involved with it. That's again, where all this stuff has led me. (laughs) It didn't lead me you know, into going crazy, ranting on the corner. It led me into finding myself. It led me into understanding what kindness and heart and meaning is. So for that, I guess I thank all the controllers or whatever's going on there for the ease of use of their their facade factory or you know the ability to just see right through it. I've I've been to Hollywood Studios, you know. It looks just like all the crap you see in downtown Los Angeles or wherever else. It's all the same. And I kind of thank them for that. Oh, Fantasia. There you go. That's the one. He he gets all the broomsticks just to flood the place, right? It's kind of leaning into, hey, what happened? How come there was a flood? Well Mickey Mouse, you know, started messing with that wand when the wizard was away and or you know it, the mopsticks flooded the place. Hey, maybe that's what happened, man. It's a good enough answer for me. It sure beats a laser or energy weapon or a <laughs> harp. <laughs> so I'll just lean towards Mickey
0: Mouse, you know? Well, it's a better vibe. Yeah, I got to say, man, this has definitely been a lot to take in. I think we covered <laughs> a bunch of cool things. But please, you know, obviously you wanted to be somewhat incognito, but is there somewhere where folks can follow you you and and follow you on Instagram or something like that?
1: You know what? I don't have an Instagram. I've hardly got a Facebook that I I lean towards. You know, I would say just go ahead and email me. I'll get back to you. My email is randomfracts, R-A-N-D-O-M-F-R-A-T-S, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Let's take a quick look. So obviously, you know, I don't spend too much time doing anything other than just kind of diving in. (laughs) So it gets a a little bit murky in the file system in my computer here. So uh, let's take a quick look. I've got it up here. Yep, it's random fracks with an S, R-A-N-D-O-M-F-R-A-T-S, A-T-C-S, pardon me, random fracks. You'll figure it out. If you get someone else, it ain't me. It's not me. Sorry about that. (laughs) Right on. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time to join
2: us. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. And I'm I'm glad that our families think we're crazy. Join us on the journey. My heroes, thanks for listening. Aren't robot voices weird? You better join us on our Patreon if you want to see behind the scenes. Patreon.com slash MFTIC. Join today.
3: The things I say. Thank you for listening to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. We truly appreciate you now go enjoy a plate of spotted dick. Get out the hash some wacky tobacky and roll it up light it up smoke it up baby.